You're listening to the Buildify Method Podcast, where we're all about mindset, systems, and profit. As a nationally recognized business consultant, coach, and speaker, your host, Aaron Keith, is passionate about supporting the entrepreneur community by sharing his knowledge gained from coaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs in nearly 20 years at companies ranging from billion-dollar enterprises and celebrities all the way to Main Street and small startups. Each Buildisode's blunt, no-bullshit conversation is led by Aaron along with his co-host Ryan Coyne, a veteran tech consultant and nationally recognized speaker. Each week, Aaron and Ryan deconstruct mental and physical aspects of the topics that challenge all successful entrepreneurs, while also providing coaching, insight, and specific advice on distinctions that affect all growth-minded entrepreneurs. So listen up. It's time to work on your business, not just in your business. So my name is Aaron Keith. I'm the CEO and founder of Buildify Systems. I'm joined today with my co-host and uh, my my cohort, Ryan Coyne. Ryan Coyne is not only the co-host of my podcast, he's also the moderator of our webinar. So you're going to be hearing a lot of him today. So today we're going to be talking about communication. And I know you guys are very, very busy. You have emails and, and, and work to do. And here we are in our daytime taking a pause out of our life to work on the growth and the development of ourselves. So first, I just really want to acknowledge you and thank you for being here. I know you guys are super busy. And for you to block out an hour of your day to work on your growth and your development as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a C-suite executive, really want to just acknowledge you and thank you for being here. So with that being said, Ryan, take us away. So with yes. that, I am Ryan Coyne. So the topic of today's webinar that Aaron keyed into is how to have tough conversations. Nothing's tougher than tough conversations. Nope. It's uncomfortable. So the intention of today's webinar that we want everybody to be in the zone and focusing our minds and our energy on is that you leave with a more effective approach to communication as a leader. And that can be any kind of leader. It can be the traditional kind that you would think of when you hear that in terms of at the top of a business. It can be a leader by example, whether it's mindset or physicality, all the kinds of ways that you can be a leader in your life and in your sphere. It falls upon that leader with the capital L to be the person in position having these tough conversations. So with that, Aaron, can you start us off with context around CEO and leadership at the team level? Yeah. So everyone, this is really great. So here's where I want to start today. You know, leadership, communication, it's really popular, right? It's it's words that we've heard a lot in the last couple of years, especially during, uh, you know, the, the way the world's been in the last year and a half. And with a lot of people working from home, leadership challenges have occurred. It's a whole new work environment. And then culture has been a big thing, right? We've had culture, we've had leadership, we've had communication, all these things kind of thrust into our world in a whole new way. So a lot of the topics that, that we come up with here at Buildify that we want to present in our podcasts and our webinars are really from our customers. What are we getting real time with our customers and with our clients? We want to bring that to you in, in trainings that are timely and effective. And so one of the things that we realized is from communication, it starts at the top. It starts with the CEO, starts with the founder, and it starts with the the leadership team. So the first thing we want to touch on is really powerful communication starts with you. And if the leadership team and the, the owners are not actively practicing the leadership communication styles that you want in your corporation or in your workplace, it's all going to fall apart, right? We can't expect our, our team and our staff to communicate in a really effective, really powerful way if we, the leadership team or, or the, the, the founder, isn't also exuding those parts and pieces. So that's where we're going to start today is really with us. There's, a, there's an exercise that I've found that is, is pretty effective here, right? Um, and, and Ryan and I will talk about this as we go, but most of us were never really trained in communication. You know, I've been very lucky to have consultants and coaches over my career and a lot of courses that I've taken to start to learn communication. And I, I feel like I'm a novice 20 something years into this. Most of us have just never even had that though. Our, our parents probably weren't the most amazing communicators. Our teachers at school weren't probably the most amazing communicators. And nowhere in school do we have a class that here's how we communicate as a leader. So we're all going to be clumsy with this. So that's a really big part of today. Like I really want to emphasize as strong as I possibly can, be gentle with yourself around this conversation. We're all clumsy. I've been doing this 20 years plus, and I'm still very clumsy with these conversations. 
So let's let's launch into an exercise. Now we're not going to do the exercise. I'm going to run you through the formatting of it so that you can bring this back to your organization. You can do this with your team and really help everybody practice in a safe environment. So here's what we do. First thing you do, take your leadership team, your executive team, whoever, and break everybody up into groups of two, three, or four, and preferably three or four. I, I like three or four. Three is ideal, four is fine. And then here's what we're going to do. Every single person has the opportunity to, to deliver some kind of honest, like real time, direct, honest feedback, whether that's coaching, whether that's something that they see that's bugging them and they want to get that out and communicate that they need to have a tough conversation with each one of the people in their pod or in their group. This is going to happen in two ways. There's two really cool things that are happening here. The person delivering the conversation gets practice at how to deliver an effective conversation that's tough. Now, here's the other really great thing. The person receiving the communication, they get an opportunity to practice receiving. Receiving feedback is a huge part of communication that's, and it's also not often taught. So today, we're actually going to dive into that. We'll get there in just a few minutes. So that's the exercise. It's really simple. Step one, break everybody out into pods of three or four. Two, have each person take the opportunity to be the person delivering direct feedback to everybody in the pod. And the person receiving feedback, it's a practice receiving feedback from that person. Once everybody is gone, now step three, you want to debrief. Have everybody openly, honestly share. All right, how did I do delivering the feedback? And give them some coaching. Let them know, hey, you were kind of awkward. Or, you know, you, you weren't making eye contact. Or, hey, you, you seemed a little harsh, like a little intense. Give them some honest feedback. Again, we're all clumsy. Be gentle with your feedback, but be honest. It's the only way we're all going to learn. And this back and forth allows people to become comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's where the growth happens in this kind of work. Next, once that's happened, the person who was receiving feedback, I want you to share. How did I do receiving feedback? Was I defensive? Was I dodgy? How was I? So that you get practice and training receiving feedback and you get feedback on how you receive feedback. So it's a really fun exercise. People laugh, people get more comfortable. It's a little awkward and weird, but then over time you'll realize that people settle in. They start to become comfortable having these uncomfortable conversations. And that is really powerful because once you get that learning and that development, you can pass it on to the team below you. So that's the exercise. Ryan, did that make sense? Absolutely, it did. I also want to point out for our listeners and our audience here, how adept and how confident you are in these situations is, as it turns out, directly tied to how much you care about the outcome, hmm. which that's is one of the point. reasons that this is important to dissect is because you may not need this kind of, you know, SEAL Team 6 communication combat training for ordering the Americana that you're, Americano, sorry, that you're drinking right now, but you will when it actually matters, when the stakes are super high. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we, we've kind of set some context for today. Now let's dive into the meat and potatoes, shall we? So like I said earlier, there's two parts of this conversation. There's the delivery of tough conversations, and then there's the receiving of tough conversations. So I actually want to start with the receiving end. It's, it's probably one of the least addressed pieces of communication. And here's what we've also found. When you really get adept at receiving tough conversations and tough feedback, you actually get better at delivering feedback to other people because you know how it feels. You've, you've, you've been there. Right. So that's where we're going to start today. So listen, I want you to take notes. So get the pen out, get the keyboard ready, take some notes on this. At the end, me and Ryan can also send you some of the notes on today. So the formatting of this, we can also send that to you, but I encourage you to take notes and I want questions. So after I deliver this, me and Ryan are going to open the floor. We want some questions from you. We want some real life. Like what are you dealing with in your workplace around feedback around, you know, delivering it and receiving it. All right. Step one. Approach the conversation with an open mind. You're about to get some feedback. Be open, right? Being an open-minded individual just makes life easy, makes it easier. 
So try to approach this from an open mind. Someone wants to contribute to you in some way. So your development here is to start the conversation off with at least being open to what someone has to say. Now, don't get hooked. This happens a lot. Don't get hooked by how someone is delivering their feedback to you. Remember, everyone's clumsy with this. So though someone is now delivering feedback to you, they might be hooked, they might be triggered, they might be awkward and like nervous. So don't get caught up in how they're being delivering the feedback. Just let that, let that go. Listen to what is their underlying commitment to what they're saying. What are they, what are they trying to convey in its totality? So just try to let go of their, their awkwardness and just accept the words. Like what, what are you trying to say? Try to, try to be open to that. That's huge. And how you're receiving that has a big impact on how they continue to deliver to you. So it helps really build rapport. All right, next thing, be self-aware. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting defensive right now. Oh my goodness. I can barely even listen to the words coming out of their mouth. Or, you know, am I, am, am I just like totally wanting to check out of this conversation, right? Like I just, I just can't hear this right now. So really start to notice, are you being triggered? Are you being defensive? Are you pushing back? Or are you being neutral and just allowing the person the space to communicate? Right, that's a really huge part of your responsibility as the person receiving communication. Your job is to grant space. Give them the space, a sacred space to say whatever they need to say. It's really important. It's actually a gift you get to give to the person who's trying to communicate with you. So this is a this is a way that you get to be active and really participate in communication when you're listening. So that's a huge practice point. Now, here's what happens next. So moving on to the next point here. Given everything that I've said, you do not have to accept what they're saying is true and accurate. You don't. Your job is to simply give them the space to communicate how they need to communicate and do your best to pull value out of what they're trying to communicate but you do not have to accept it as true or accurate. So just know that you can be neutral, you can be engaged, and you can not agree with anything that they're saying, but still be really be engaged and really hear them. That's fair, that's fair to both parties. You'd want that if you're on the receiving end. So there we are, we've, we've taken the communication, we've heard it. Now the next thing for us to do is sort through, like, all right, Based on that communication, is there, is there value here? Is there something that I, is there a nugget that I can take that I think I can improve my performance with? It's a really great opportunity. You may take all the feedback. You may take a portion of the feedback or you may take a, you know, next to none feedback. That's up to you and your own growth and development and the, the unique circumstance that you're in. But anyway, that's what we do next. We now choose what we're going to uh, take on from that communication. And then last, I want you to say it back to them. This is absolutely critical. This is putting the pin, uh, pin in it for, for the conversation. By you saying back, all right, Sally, so here's, here's what I heard you say, and here's, here's what I got. And by you recreating and saying back to them what you heard, it allows them to feel heard and acknowledged. That makes them calm down and settle. That's right. And then, right, so there they are, you've, you've recreated them. It also has a shared reality or a communication about two people or more sharing an agreed upon reality. So when you say it back to them, they can be like, yeah, but there's this one other thing. Okay, and then they get to share. So by you giving it back to them, they get to see like, oh my God, I didn't fully communicate or I completely left something out or my gosh, yes, that, that, yes that's what I needed to say to you. So now they feel gotten and they're complete and settled over there. You feel empowered because now you really got their communication and now you can choose what to do. So that is the, that is the, the basics, right, of being a really powerful receiver of communication, a really good listener. Ryan, did we miss anything over there? I don't think we did. I think we're actually good to talk about you know, the questions that everybody might have around what we've talked about so far. 
I actually ran a poll asking our audience if they felt more confident giving or receiving feedback, and you'll never guess the <laughs> results were 50-50. Really? Okay. Isn't that astonishing? It's astonishing. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> now, we do have a good question, a couple of good questions, actually, from our audience here. What does it look like to not be open? The, to not be open is something that I think can be interpreted a couple different ways. We're going to talk about that in two ways, just to make mm -hmm. sure we cover both aspects for our audience here. I think one is going to be facial expression slash body language. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one is going to be cadence of the behavior and the communication that you send back to the person. So let's break that down for a second, yeah. Eric. Yeah. So with communication, when someone is, is closed, it depends on context how I'm going to answer this. So I'm going to answer it from one direction and see if this gets the whole question. This came up the other day, actually working with a with, with some some managers. If I'm working with someone in a communication and I'm realizing they're really closed, and this person works for me, like they're in my organization, I've checked a few things. One, is it my delivery? Right? Did I am I delivering this in a way that's just not working? Two. Is it them? Are they someone who's just being closed? And I'm starting to see a pattern here that this person just closed off. What, and this is going to sound a bit harsh, but it's not a fit to my culture, right? We're going to get into this actually more today. This is actually built into our format today. If I'm talking to someone and trying to deliver powerful communication, we have an agreement as an organization. That, listen, we're a growth-minded company. That's part of our core values. Uh, that, that's part of our culture. And this person is, is demonstrating they're not willing to be open. No problem. They just shouldn't work here anymore. They should go work somewhere else where that's a fit to that culture. Because this is not that culture. So that may sound a bit harsh, but that's honestly how I would address someone not being open. Now, Ryan, to your points, if it's a facial expression or body language, sometimes it's worth just pointing that out. Like, hey, Sally, like you you seem a little closed off right now. Like, are you, are you doing okay over there? Like, how are you? Um, sometimes it's fine. Like for me, I have a very serious face. For those of you who know me, when I'm listening or when I'm speaking, I'm like, I get very serious. Just, this, is, this is my listening face. Like I get very intense when I'm, when I'm leading and, and listening. Right, because you're um, trying to limit distractions. Like you're, that's an active thing that your body does to tense up and narrow your focus, almost like blinders on a racehorse. Right, hundred percent. People almost can use that as a tell. Sometimes you may even want to think about announcing that this is how I focus. It can be yeah. very healthy to say that out loud to somebody sometimes. Yeah, and funny enough, uh, Renee has known me for so long. She's actually been to a lot of my seminars. It's actually how I open a lot of my seminars, and I, I actually demonstrate it. I'm like, hey guys, so you know. If you're talking and I look like this, this is my listening face. Like this is this is what I look like. Um, curious how the advice changes when you're communicating with somebody early on in their career who might not have the development and growth to be that open-minded and accepting, et cetera. How can we support our direct reports in being better receivers of our feedback? So it sounds like a two-part question. Oh no, so, I got it. Yeah. This, this, this is great. So Part of it, we're going to get to in the next section, which is how you get trained to deliver feedback because how they receive it has a huge amount to do with your own delivery. But let's deal with the part of the question that, that is not that. It goes back to the very start of today. All of us on this call, if you're in a management role, leadership role, CEO, business owner, whatever, your responsibility in this conversation is you got to train everybody in your organization how to do this. You have to, you have to be the person who's like, listen, if you're on my team, I need you to know how to deliver feedback. I need you to know how to receive feedback. So part of like, honestly, like no kidding, part of their onboarding and training in your, in your, in your company or on your team might be cool. Like today, here's what we're talking about today. I'm going to train you and onboard you in communication. Here at, you know, USA Inc., our culture, right, our uh, core values, one of them is growth and development. We're a growth-minded company. And so you need to know if you're on this team, we're going to be having direct, honest feedback all the time, get used to it. It's just part of what we do here. And I'm going to train you in a format today. And, you know, we'll have time to practice and I'll give you some cliff notes on this so you can look it over. But I'm actually going to train you in the format of how to receive proper feedback. So that's honestly, that's how it's going to go. That's fantastic. Um, so I think we can actually move into our, our next section here. 
Okay. Uh, so Aaron, if you want, we want to talk about now um, delivering, which is, yeah. Ooh, that's a minefield, right? Everybody gets a little bit like, Ooh, this goes from restaurants by foods, not tasting good. This goes yep. to a partner. Like I don't feel loved uh, the way that I need to be for my feelings and all this different stuff. You always uh, make goes, me feel loved. What are you talking well, about? Well, Aaron, Aaron, you know, I, I try, I dedicate a lot of my time to being a good partner for you. Okay. Right, um, but you definitely, it's, it's the hardest thing is is. in the workplace because it's very rare that a situation is not high stakes in the workplace. Everything totally. seems to be high stakes, especially when things are magnified a thousand times during a pandemic, during a COVID economy, while so much is shifting, during work from home when you can't even sit down with somebody to have a face-to-face conversation. Oh my gosh, yeah. All these different things that change the game, right? So we are we are officially we are pioneering the evolution of this topic, not just talking about it to our audience, but we're also taking into account all the nuances and changes that have come into play. As a result of our of our new path forward. Oh my so gosh. with that, let's talk about, re- about how to deliver <laughs> feedback now that we've covered receiving. Whew. So it is, like, like Ryan said, this is a charged topic. This is a charged conversation. And now we're, we're adding, having these conversations by Zoom, by phone, you know, that this is getting harder, not easier. So I just want to acknowledge that, like having a tough conversation a year and a half, two years ago was one thing. Having it now with so many other things happening just in our world, let alone our workplace, like, oh my gosh, this is, this is really challenging. So I'm going to, I want to make sure I hit all my points. So you're going to see me looking at my notes, but I, just, I do not want to miss any steps here. So step number one, it's really about asking permission. So if, if I was having this conversation with Ryan, I'd, I'd walk up to Ryan or I'd ping Ryan like, hey, Ryan, do you have 15, 20 minutes to have a conversation? So you want to ask, one, do they have the, sp- the time and the space to have the conversation? You can't just like expect or insert yourself because what, like for me, if, I'm, if I haven't eaten lunch and Ryan wants to have a really blunt conversation with me, not going to go well. Like let Aaron eat first. Trust me. It's better for everybody. And, you know, maybe someone just got nailed by a deadline. Maybe they're under the gun. You don't know what's going on in their world personally, professionally. So you always want to be respectful and ask, do you have time for a conversation and let them know how long you need or it's going to backfire. It's going to blow up on somebody. Let them know how much time you have time for a 30 minute conversation. If not, no problem. Schedule the time. All right. So now there we are. We have, we have set the time, we're there, the person's present, you're present. The very next step, state your commitment. Listen, Ryan, I'm committed to our company. I'm, I'm committed to our team really thriving and having a really awesome workplace, being really effective with our clients. Like, I, w- I want to be the best team in this organization. And I'm committed to you. I want you to perform at your best. I want you getting raises. I want you moving up in this company. So that's step two. You want to state your commitment. Now, I just exampled, you know, you can, you can state it to the company, the team, or the person. You can do a combination. Like, I hey, listen, I'm committed, to the, the, I'm committed to our team in this way. I'm committed to you in this way. Stating that commitment sets a context. It creates something in the space. And that starts to change where the space is going to go in this conversation. So it kind of cocoons you. So you can start to move the direction. Right. Just like the different rooms of our house have meaning, right? Why it's so important to call something a living room versus a kitchen. Yeah. Uh, You know, because you, you, it's a very different framework for that. And doing those things that you're talking about and those very simple communication habits and tweaks to the environment around you and just the conversation set so much context, make it a safer space. Make it something that has clear intention. Just like when you go to the gym, why are you there? You're there to work out, right? right? You're, we're, we're setting the intention for this conversation. That's, that's really fantastic. Oh my gosh. Thank it, you for sharing that. Yeah. So, so there we are, right? So we, we've asked they have the time. We've started the conversation. We start by really laying down our, our commitment, our intention with them and the team and sometimes even the company. So now that we've set the context, here we go. We always want to state, and you heard me give this example earlier with one of the questions, I always bring up 
our core values and our culture. Like, all right, listen, so, you know, this is what I'm committed to with you. So I'm committed to with the company. And as you know, so here, here's the next point, as you know, as a company, we are growth minded. That is one of our tenants here. That's one of our core values. Like we're a growth minded company. So today I really want to get into some areas where I feel you have room to take your performance to the next level. Now, hold on, let's just take, the, take that in for a second. Let's say someone completely screwed the pooch, totally fucked something up. Or you know that one of your employees is just not performing very well. I don't care what the scenario is. I'm bringing a positive kind of trajectory in this conversation versus a negative. What I just said is, listen, you know this is what we're committed to as a company. We're really committed to growth and development. And I see some areas for you where I know you can take your performance to the next level. What you're doing is you're speaking to their higher self. You're speaking to that part of them that empowers them. Like, listen, I know there's more in you. I can see there's areas where I see you can be better. Like, what, you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. So you're, you're doing the same conversation, but you're bringing it from a positive standpoint and taking it to the next level. All right, and then you get into it. Be blunt, be blunt. This is, remember, you've set all of this context. You are allowed to be straight. This is an opportunity for you to fuck this up if you don't, right? If you are uh, around the bush and being weird and awkward, now this conversation is gonna go down a really odd tunnel. You've set all this context. It's your responsibility as the communicator to now deliver the straight, direct feedback or coaching. Here's the area, here's the area, here's the area, here's the area, like get into it. Being soft, buffering it a lot, just makes it now weird for both people because it's not the agreement of this conversation. The agreement of this conversation is a direct, honest conversation for growth and development. So deliver it. That making sense so far? Talked about a lot there, Aaron. It might be a good thing if we did a quick little recap, just to bullet point out a lot of the big bombs you just dropped, all that knowledge, sure. all that wisdom, all the nuggets, all the pearls on that necklace of, of <laughs> brain, Brainiac um, for the group. Yeah. So we're always going to set the context, right? The first thing we're always going to do, do they have the space to have this conversation? They say yes. We then state our commitment to the company, to the department, to them, and really set that tight context for the conversation. Then we get into, and just remind them, listen, part of our, our company culture here, part of our core values is one of growth and development. So that's now really set the context even tighter. And now you deliver the feedback. Here are some areas where I see you can take your performance, your effectiveness to that next level. That's where you're delivering the coaching, the feedback, whatever you need to deliver. So now that we've done that, let me make sure I haven't missed anything. Ask them. All right, so, so, so John, that's what I'm seeing. I'd love to hear from you. Where do you see you can take your performance and your effectiveness to that next level? Because remember, this is a dialogue, not a monologue. Monologue is one person talking. This is a dialogue. And now we've been talking now for, for some time. We're going to give them the microphone. All right, Johnny, I want to hear from you. Like, where do you think you can take your performance and your effectiveness to the next level? I want to point something out, though, to the group really quick. Yep. Aaron's tone while he's asking that question is really key here. Okay, because I I notice that sometimes whether people mean it or not, they ask a question that it sounds like they already know the answer to, or they sound like they already know what they want to hear, or it sounds like they're trying to catch you in some kind of investigation. Mm -hmm. And they're hoping that you're going to say the thing that they're thinking, and it can feel like a test. And a lot of people freeze, and our right. lizard brain can feel like, oh my goodness, am I on the defense all of a sudden? What the oh, fuck Lord. did I just do? What did I, right. I don't deserve this. I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's important to ask that with authenticity. I was just about to say that you took it right. Like, yes, it's, this is the, this is the place for authenticity. Brilliant. Keep going. Well, no, that's it. Thank you. I'll take my compliment right. and sit right. back down in my chair. But we have a question from Nikki. Yeah. It's if someone says they're not open to feedback, uh Oh, but you feel like it's essential to their growth or success at the company. How would you approach that? Nikki is, is a benevolent human being who is trying to do, Mother Teresa style work to help others. It sounds like so interesting. It's actually really similar to the question we got toward the beginning of the podcast that answered the same way. So 
it depends on context. So I'm going to answer it one if, if this person works for me and is in my organization. So if someone's not open to feedback and they work in my organization, I would make a note of that. that they're probably going to get fired. They're probably not a fit to our culture because we've, we hired them with the understanding that they understand that our culture is a growth minded culture, right? This is a growth minded culture. It's part of our core values here. It's part of our communication style as a company. It's how we run things here. So if it's in the organization, that that's a big woof. I'd pause the conversation, probably wrap it, talk with my, my senior manager, or if I'm the CEO, talk with their manager, and I'd probably find a replacement because this is not going to end well. If this right, is what's happening. I, I, I think Nikki's coming from also a place now that I'm rereading the question a couple of mm -hmm. times. This person, she's think, looking at it as maybe this person is being held back by their own limitations and they, they don't even realize it. She's trying to shed light. So is there a, a more sure. of a peer? I, I call it the park bench mentality, right? Mm -hmm. I had a conversation at 1030 this morning with somebody who ripped me three new assholes, okay? Because they were mad at somebody that I work for also, yeah. okay? Yep. And I said to them, listen, we got to take off the customer client hats for a second and just be regular human beings sitting on a bench because I can help you. Yeah. But we have to just be coming at this on the same team because I am on your side. And I can be if we just kind of drop the defense and all the different stuff, right? Sure. So if it's a peer at this company, how can you do it without seeming condescending? Mm -hmm. How can you do it without seeming that you're judging them? Maybe, you know, like yeah, that's, I, I think, yeah. So let me look at it this way. So if we, if someone worked in my company, how I answered is how I would deal with it. If they worked in a, in a company structure with me. If this is someone who's outside my company, and this is a friend, a colleague, um, like, like a professional colleague, like we, we work together in, in business, um, or just someone out in the world, I would ask them, if, if they said they weren't open to feedback, I'd actually respect that. Like, okay, let me know if that ever changes. Because remember, we have no agreement to receive or give feedback. So I've, I've had people actually ask, can I, they give me feedback? And I've, I've actually said no, because I have no agreement to get feedback from them. And that may also change the coaching that I'm getting from my professional coaches who have hired. I don't want to, I don't want to get feedback from different people. It diminishes my, my, my coach who's hired to give me feedback. If I'm coaching and getting feedback from lots of people and I'm, I'm gathering information or coaching by committee and it actually diminishes me and diminishes my coach. So I think it, it depends on the, the context. We may need some more color with this to, to fully answer it, but sometimes it's actually okay. Just be like, all right, great. Thank you. If you ever yeah. change your mind, you want feedback, please let me know. Because I, I want to contribute to you. Right. I have two final points on this before I get to the next question. I, I yeah. also want to point out that it can also be a good horizontal or sneaky way, Nikki, if you ask somebody what their goals are and yes. then they share something with you that might be lofty and say, Hey, you know what? That's really Freaking awesome. I hope that you get there. In fact, you know, since we're on the topic, I noticed this one thing that you do or don't do would be something to probably help you get there faster. Yeah. And then it's, you know, that, that can be an endorsement kind of way. Um, and I also want to point this out, and this is, this is not to take the conversation negative. However, somebody's response in that way, somebody could be really confident. They can think they have everything under control and not want the feedback because they have a plan. We don't know their plan. The great philosopher Socrates, he came up with the word sonder, which is the concept of everybody around you living their own story and having all the stuff going on that you're unaware of. That could be happening. Fine. It could be. Okay. Absolutely. But if somebody is uh, aggressively opposed to feedback or worse, they say something that is a logical fallacy called ad hominem where they then attack you or say, who are you to be telling me? Right. Right. We see this all the time, even in politics, where it's like you can say something good, doesn't matter what side or what you're what you're actually arguing for, but the person that they're talking to will then attack them personally instead of the thing that they said in order to discredit. We see this in law and all oh, different yeah. kinds of ways. So if a coworker does that with, you know, you don't really seem like you have your shit together. Who are you to be telling me? Meanwhile, the observation and the feedback is valuable, whether or not there's something wrong with you. Absolutely. The phrase "those who can't, comma teach." You know, is a thing in our in our culture and our zeitgeist for a reason. So, with that, we also That's have actually, what if what if somebody has hmm. such key skills that not many people have, and you really need them in their skills. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand the question. 
a specialist? What if somebody's a specialist at something? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I would, Renee, I would ask you for me a little more clarification there, but if I'm reading you well, I, I feel like you're asking that if you have somebody who is so good at something in particular, maybe they're not open to feedback, but you almost don't want to disturb the peace in that person being so good at this one thing yeah. that they do critical yeah, yeah. role kind of stuff. Okay. Got the context of that. If that's the case, it's almost like you have to practice having communication where you're having them select the uh, the coaching or the correction like it's their idea. So if someone's a bit resistant, one of the best ways is having them start to see it for themselves. There's a, there's a lot of ways of doing that. So let me see if I can just give you one easy one right now. If this was me, I would probably ask them, what are they, like to Ryan's point, actually from a few minutes ago, what are they trying to achieve? Like, what are they trying to get? What do yeah, they the want? Yeah, what's important to them? And then help slowly spoon feed them ideas and concepts that help shore that up. So it generally needs to be their idea or their agenda. When you're dealing with someone who's difficult, that's usually the way it has to go, especially if you're dealing with a narcissist or someone like that. We got we got a we got an, a bombshell question that was yeah. sent to me privately, so I will not identify them. Okay. If your feedback session goes off the rails. For example, mm-hmm. the person starts crying or gets extremely heated. Do you continue is question number one. And two, how do you get it back on track? Which is really, that's a powerful question. How do we reset? And, awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. So one of two things can happen. You kind of have to read your room. Sometimes it's you have to pause like, hey, listen, you, you're, you're really upset, you know, or you're getting really defensive. You know, if we can't calm them down. Say, hey, listen, let's let's break. Let's let's pause where we are. We can both kind of cool down and we can revisit this tomorrow or later today. So it's really fair to hit the pause button. Let people simmer down. Remember, when you've when you've said something, it's it's mulling around up there. Trust me, it's it's in the brain. They're gonna think about it, they're gonna mull it over. Then you guys can re revisit, restart the conversation. That's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it, someone's crying, someone's upset pause. Let them have their experience. Part of your job as the communicator is to be responsible for how what you said landed. And just ask them like, hey, what's going on for you? Your job is to be really inquisitive. When someone's upset, be inquisitive. Are you okay? What's going on for you? It's also really, 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 really freaking important. Restate your commitment to them. Listen, just so you know, and I just want to remind you, like, I'm on your side. I want you to win. I want you to be happy. I want these things for you. I'm really sorry that this conversation is driving this up for you. So share with me. I want to hear what, what's coming up for you. What's going on for you? This is where you hold the trash can, the, the proverbial trash can, and let them vomit into you. Like, hold it, let them spew, let them dump. When someone's emotional, their state is heightened. By allowing them to communicate, it allows it to lower down. And that's a huge part of being a leader. That takes practice. This takes a lot of skill. This is not easy. But that is the action that's required when someone's really upset and triggered. Open the trash can, ask them what's going on, let them just let them just go. I hear you. I, I totally get your communication. What else? Let them vomit. I completely hear you. What else? Until there's nothing left. And you'll watch them simmer. You'll literally watch them. And that big chest breath will probably happen. And you'll be like, oh, okay, we've got them from a, from a nine down to like a four and a half, like a, a low rumble. And then ask, can, you know, are, are you okay? Can, can we keep talking about this? Like, I, I really want to keep contributing to you. And you want to acknowledge them. Like, listen, you're doing a really great job in this conversation. I know this is tough. Don't underestimate acknowledgement. Remember, in our culture, no one acknowledges anybody. It's, it's a weird thing. Acknowledge them. Listen, you're doing really great taking this feedback. I know, listen, I've been in your shoes. I've, I've been crying. I've, I've been pissed. I get it. This is not easy. And I really want to acknowledge you for doing such a great job right now. Really taking this in and, and being responsible for it. So acknowledging that conversation, acknowledging how they are, allowing them to vent and spew and to kind of get out that emotion. Remember, emotion's healthy. Crying is good. 
Laughing and crying is how people process emotion. So when you see that, don't get weird. That's just their body processing emotions. Good. It's great. Nothing, nothing's wrong. All right, Ryan, does that, does that hit it? It does. And I just actually put a poll out. Uh, if everybody can please go ahead and give that a tickle. Uh, I asked when you're upset during a tough conversation, would you prefer a break until you calm down or prefer to stay engaged and work through it? Ooh. Results are still pouring through, but I, I feel like second. I'm hoping. I feel like there are two kinds of people. I can speak from experience that my wife and I are are opposites. I prefer to stay engaged and work through it, and she wants to go hulk out in the backyard for a few minutes until she chills. <laughs> very very different people. <laughs> so yeah, see, I'm um, I'm, just, I'm gonna stay in it, man. Like let's 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 grind this out. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, I feel you. Um, so as far as personal development goes. Yep. Let, Let's gotta, shift gotta, gears gotta, into there. Yeah, we got to move into this. So just to, to bring back your notes and to kind of bring us back to, to where we are in this conversation, we are now delivering the conversation, right? We, we've set context. We've, we've asked permission. We told them what we're committed to. We've, we've delivered that feedback. You know, remember, after you deliver, and I just want to make sure I did say this, after you deliver your feedback and you ask them, like, cool, wh wh where do you see you have room to grow and develop and they, and they share, everyone is going to then recreate. You want them to say, great. So give this all back to me. You know, I've told you where I think you can grow. You told me where you think you can grow. Give it all back to me. Like sum this up. Where are your main points that you want to work on? This is critical. Everybody, you, you got to write this down. This is a really big part of the kind of the finale of having a powerful conversation. They want to give back to you. Here are the areas that I am going to take on working on and increasing my performance and effectiveness in. They need to say that back to you. That's going to be some of your points and some of their points, or maybe all of the points, but this is their opportunity to commit and to take on growing and developing. So you want them to be responsible for this conversation to say that back to you. And so this is your opportunity. So they've now recreated what you said. They said what they said and like, all right, Man, I, I got the world of it. I get, I get what you're committed to. I know exactly what you want to work on and, and really move the needle on. So now acknowledge them. Like, man, I, am, I, I love working with you. I love having you on my team. Like, it's really important you acknowledge them here, everybody. Okay? Acknowledge what they are committed to. So now, to Ryan's point, we've, we've now heard what they're committed to. Now we got to build something. I call it your personal development plan. Um, a lot of people call it your development action plan, your DAP, um, whatever you want to call it in your organization. But so for me, it's our personal development plan. So now we need to put a personal development plan in place for that individual. I think everybody in the organization, including the CEO, should have their own personal development plan. So let's talk about what the heck that is. A personal development plan is a system. It is a system in every organization, if you, if you choose to have it, and every employee can have one. And it's where you put, here are the things I'm working on for myself. So I wanna, I wanna sew this together so you guys are getting this. If in your organization, part of your culture, part of your core values is that growth and development is a big part of our company. It's one of our core values, it's part of our culture. Well, then naturally we should have a structure to make sure that, that happens. The structure, is what we call a personal development plan or a development action plan, whatever you want to call it in your organization. So that's the structure to uphold that kind of that, that tenant of your, of your company. So inside of that personal development plan, you're going to list for yourself or for your, your staff, and they'll list, here are the areas that I'm committed to working on this quarter. I, I think a quarter is nice. Um, some people do half year or year, whatever floats your boat. Quarterly is, I think, a little bit more effective and palatable. Committing to something for a year is a long haul. You can always recommit every quarter, too, if you want to. But write down a couple areas. Don't go crazy. Pick two, three, maybe four skills or four areas you really want to develop yourself in. So that's step one. What are my areas? Step two, what actions can I take? Come up with a couple actions for each thing that you think is going to move the needle in your performance around that area. So now that we have our actions, put a by when date. By when are you taking these actions? So you're accountable. You can put it in your calendar and you're, you're now doing something responsibly. 
right? And then last, what are your resources? Are there podcasts, TED Talks, books? Have a list of resources that you can tap into that you think will help make a difference in you growing and developing in those areas. And that is a personal development plan. So let's open the floor for questions, Ryan. Do we have any questions around how to build a development, your personal development plan? Well, I do want to announce the results of the poll before we Ooh, go to questions. Yes, about please, that, okay? please, please, please. Yes. You know, this is this is a wonderful, wonderful audience, but also a frustrating one. Almost split down the middle. Oh, 53 percent really? just edging out prefer to stay engaged and work through it. Okay. Fair enough. 53%. Wow. All right. Wow. Talk about, this is nail biting. This is basically, this is, this, it's election night. It's crazy. This is awesome. Um, so we have a couple of questions. Uh, going, going back uh, just a step, should the mm -hmm. deliverer also commit to any action steps they may be responsible for from the conversation? And I feel like this does play into the personal development plan also, because you can be setting commitment uh, you know, to, to action steps for yourself too. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great question. The answer is yes. Yeah. All, all parties in a conversation can absolutely and often do walk away with things that they are responsible for that they need to take on and do. Skin in the game, right? Like you're offering yeah. something back. It can almost be an olive branch, especially I would, I would encourage the group. That is something that you should lean on harder in tandem with the amount of pushback that you are receiving from the person, because mm -hmm. to me, that would be a de-escalation technique. It can be a yeah. person. Yeah. If you're, if yeah, you're offering to do? be a part, right, 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 yeah. right. What can I do? Yeah. Yeah. The other question that we have is if, if the receiver feels that there is support needed to commit to certain areas for improvement, does that even get bigger? It can. I mean, usually if the receiver needs some support items, this is an opportunity to make what's called a request. So different conversation, but making a powerful request is literally a distinction in communication. So making a request is a powerful, direct, honest way of saying, I need this from you. Do you agree or do you disagree? In other words, or do you accept my request or do you deny my request? So it's a powerful way of asking for what you need so you can help yourself win. So yeah, in a lot of relationships, whether it's personal relationships, business relationships, um, colleague, you know, work relationships, you want to be making really powerful requests. Now, caveat, conversation for another webinar, some of these requests are actually going to tie to a very important system in the business. Think about what, what system could this be? Culture. Your culture document generally has rules, boundaries, and guidelines and it has our customer experience. So our company culture happens to be a document. And inside that document, there's a section that says rules, boundaries, and guidelines that every employee, including the CEO, has agreed to operate by. So sometimes this is a really great opportunity. Like, hey, listen, I have a request. I request X, Y, and Z. And sometimes that request really correlates to some of the the rules or the boundaries or the guidelines that we need or do have in this company. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes you're making a request. Listen, I request that you follow up with me once a week and, and hold me accountable to this. Great. So yeah, making that request as the person who's the receiver of the conversation is awesome. Don't be scared to do that. This is your opportunity to get what you need to grow and develop. So yes, that was a long answer to yes, do that. No, but that was, that's a lot of context. It's very meaningful and important. So I, I, we want to talk about some of the takeaways from today, mm -hmm. including something we recommend that everybody do at home. Aaron, I don't want to use the word homework, but it's homework with a small H, okay? Because this oh, is going to be a fun one. It's a fun What homework. do you recommend everybody go home and, and do? Yeah, listen, I mean, having tough conversations is not something that anyone really looks forward to, right? So I just really want to challenge you. Like you, you guys have spent time with us today and we value that. And I want to make sure that this conversation today be meaningful. And if we don't practice what we conceptually just heard, is this is a concept. The only way to take a concept right, is to take action on it and make it reality, right? We need to integrate this conversation because we need to, we need to do it. We need to go like, go do, right? So here's, here's your homework. Capital H or sorry, small H is small number H. one. I want you to have three conversations in the next, in the next week, just, 
I know we're kind of midweek right now, but somewhere between now and the middle of next week, you have to go have three like powerful conversations using this format. Next, I want you to request from three other people for them to give you direct and honest feedback so you can practice being a receiver. So that way, three conversations where you get to practice delivering, three conversations where you can practice receiving. That's the Pepsi challenge. Pepsi challenge. Yep. If you don't so, do it, why is it hunt you down? Before we close out, everybody, okay, this is, this is, I want to ask Aaron, can we talk about two things that are very meaningful? I have sure. one little hack for everybody that I want to recommend. Well, two actually. One of them is Halt. And, and we want to talk, cover that really quickly. Sure. Um, one of the hacks I like is to ask somebody, if you're, if they seem super receptive, you can ask them, what do you think I would say if I was going to give you feedback on something? Yeah. I do this very frequently with my partner when it comes to deciding what to order for dinner. When I say, guess what I want for dinner tonight? And That's I know easy. it's either pizza or carne asada burritos. This is an easy. This is uh, an easy okay. Order. Okay. Okay. But I know if she's, oh, Greek. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Even if it's not, because it skips the whole, what do you want to do for dinner thing? Mm -hmm. That person will very quickly sometimes offer you what it is that's on their mind anyway. And that can start the conversation is something that I like a lot. I love it. And I, and I also like my biggest one is halt hungry, angry, lonely, late, or tired. There's two L's in there and halt. Okay. <laughs> if you are any one of those five things, hungry, angry, lonely, late, or tired, you are not your best self. This is like the Betty white Snickers commercial, yep. right? Where you may not want to go into a conversation like this on purpose. Correct. If you are one of those five things, or if it is known that the other person that you are about to go confront is one of those five things. Yep. If you can, for later. It's, it's one of the reasons, one of the capital reasons, most negotiations and tough conversations are had over coffee or food. Mm -hmm. You're comfortable. You're fed. You're not pissed off because you're being served. All these things are kind of, you have nowhere to be because yeah, you've made an appointment to sit down and have, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those things are addressed over food and meals and stuff like that. Yep. Um, we also have a really, really wonderful contribution in the, in the chat just now from David Brickley, one of our podcast guests, actually, who's a wonderful person, very, very successful person. We love and respect David. He said, people question what they're told, never doubt what they conclude. Ooh. I think we leave it on that. That's powerful. I That's like it. That's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. Thank so you, So with Dean. that, we want to thank everybody for joining us here today. These webinars are something that we find very, very helpful and powerful. The feedback that we've gotten from our community is fantastic. We ask you to please share them with other fellow business owners to expand the community, deepening everybody's knowledge around these growing and expanding business topics. Uh, Buildify Systems is built all around being able to help entrepreneurs and anybody who's in a leadership position navigate all the different challenges that come with the head being so heavy because it's wearing the crown. Uh, so with that, please go and check out the Buildify Method podcast, which can be found anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. We hope everybody has a great day. And thank you, Aaron, so much for putting this together and being Absolutely. our presenter and my fearless leader. I want to thank you all so much again for attending. We hope you have a great day and see you next month. Bye, everybody.